they should have never showed him the coin in the first place because without it, it appeared that they had the perfect question to trap our Lord. If he said yes, he would be in conflict with the religious establishment that opposed the sacrilege of the tax. And if he said no, then Caesar's people might find him a traitor to the regime. Jesus then has them bring a coin and asks whose image, or in Greek, icon, does it bear? Image. The word is significant. Image is the same term that St. Paul uses when he talks about the image of God, reminding us that we are created in the divine likeness. The way that Christ puts the question, whose image is this, automatically implies a second, deeper question. Whose image do you and I personally bear? The image of God. The coin belongs to Caesar. It bears his image, so give to Caesar what is Caesar's. But you and I, who bear the image of God, belong entirely to God. So give to God what belongs to God in the first place. You see, Jesus, smart cookie that he is, refuses to get trapped in the circular maze with no way out. And those who sought to trap him leave amazed. I suppose that they were amazed in part by his skill at avoiding their trap, but perhaps their amazement went deeper. Perhaps they went away amazed by the awareness that they were God's coins, that they were the currency of God, and in fact the wealth of God, and the treasure that belongs to God. Perhaps they were amazed because Jesus had freed them to reclaim their value and their dignity as human beings. Jesus had not fallen into their trap, but the fact is that they had fallen into Caesar's trap. They had let Rome's policy ensnare them in an impossible conflict that had consumed all of their energies, denigrated their self-worth, and made them feel worthless every day, and had set them against each other just when they needed each other's support the most. But now, Jesus had subverted 
the strategies of Caesar and his henchmen. Now, every time people handled the coin with Caesar's image, they might recall instead that they bore a much better image, that of God. The act of paying the tax might become for them a ritual of reminding. We belong to God, not to Caesar. And no matter what Caesar does, it is not possible for him to take away our value. And with that remembrance would come the reclamation of their energies and gifts as people of holy and eternal value. You and I today are not under Caesar's rule, and our taxation system, though far from perfect, is not the, the instrument of oppression by an occupying foreign force. But we do live in a consumer economy that uses the image of wealth and possessions of things as the real measure of stature, personal value, and meaning. But again, what might happen to us if every time we put some coins in a soda machine or made change at the store and we look briefly at the image on them and then remembered that we bear the image of God. We hear the clerk say, here's your change. And in our hearts, we remember, we are the currency of God, the wealth of God, the inestimable treasure of the divine. What would happen to those of us trapped in the circular maze of wanting more and then buying bigger than wanting sleeker than buying more fancy and faster, wanting, always wanting more expensive. What would happen if we recalled that we bear the image of God and are the riches of God? And what would happen if every necessary expenditure of money became a liturgy of remembrance of our eternal and holy value? Perhaps then we would be less concerned about what we are buying and far more concerned about how we are expending the currency of God. And so the question that I leave you with is how are you doing in the image department? And, what are, and are you feeling? And what are you feeling is your spiritual net worth these days, and are you living up to your true value?